to Why It's Right of a Sports Podcast. Uh, I come to you today uh, with a with a heavy heart, as most of America has. Um, with the recent killing of George Floyd. I don't think I need to go into any more detail about how he was killed, about how a police officer abused his power to kill a man, kill a black man. You know, and if you don't, go look it up. But because of this, protests, riots, and looting has broken out all over America. And people are so against it. People are so against the protest and the rioting. People will sit there and, you, and they'll say, you know, you had me until you started looting. Until you started rioting and burning buildings down. There's a great, a great quote that I saw on Instagram. Uh, it was posted by the account King Push. You keep saying it's horrible that an innocent black man was killed, but destroying property has to stop. Now switch it up. Try saying it's horrible that property is being destroyed, but the killing of an innocent black man has to stop. You are prioritizing the wrong thing, people. This is all bad. But here's the thing. You want to know why we're looting? You want to know why we're rioting? Because you hear us now. You hear the cries of injustice. The cries for change. You hear it now. And people will say, protest peacefully and you got me. Don't you got me if you protest peacefully. What about Colin Kaepernick? Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we can't we can't talk about Kaepernick. He disrespected the flag. He kneeled during the national anthem. That's disrespect. You know what else is disrespect? The way the NFL spreads a flag out across the field. It shouldn't be held like that according to the flag code. That is disrespect. If we want to get technical. What about all the other protests? All the other peaceful ones. Do those not count? No. No, we want to ignore those. You hear us now. You hear our voice. As a Latino man, somebody who is of color, I've experienced my own segregation, my own profiling, my own stereotyping. But nothing compares to what's going on in the streets. Poor innocent black men and women are being killed, abused because of their skin color. Protesters are being abused by the police force because they're in their way. They feel aggravated. They feel scared, although they're wearing riot gear. Do you hear us now? Do you hear our cry for help? 
I hope you do. I don't know if what I've said is good, but it's my opinion. Am I for looting and rioting? No, not necessarily, but I understand it. And I'm not going to sit here and prioritize a building over the life of somebody else. I'm going to sit here and say, this is happening because our leaders of this country have let it get too far. The guy who sits in a house in Washington, D.C. has divided us and has torn this country apart. He wanted to take a photo op in front of a church. So he made sure that innocent protesters were removed from the area. So he could go take a photo op with a Bible that wasn't his. Um, I myself, I am a Christian man. Um, and, you know, Jesus tells us, you know, to love everybody. Love thy neighbor as thyself, you know. And so people feel like just because that, you know, you have to rebuttal to, you know, Black Lives Matter to All Lives Matter. I don't believe that you have to. A great quote that I saw, um, I'm sorry if I'm not quoting it from the direct person, but I saw it. It basically said, rebuttaling to Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter is basically like saying, there's a house on fire in a neighborhood, but let's not focus on the house that's on fire. Let's focus on the houses that could catch on fire. Right now, there's a house on fire, and we need to focus on that. We need to focus on Black Lives Matter. We need to focus to make sure Black Lives Matter. People say, biblically, is that correct? Yes. Look in Luke 15. I don't know the exact verses, but you know what I'm talking about. Story or the parable of the 99 sheep. There's a hundred sheep. And if a shepherd loses one, one sheep goes astray. He will leave the 99 to find the one. All the other 99 sheep are sitting there and they're like, what about us? He's like, right now you're not, you're not the problem right now. We have to help him, the one sheep. Injustice has gone on in this country for too long. People are saying, you know, again, why can't you peacefully protest like Dr. King? Listen, Dr. Luther King, Dr. Martin, I'm sorry, very emotional. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a great man. I'm not taking that away from him. But he fought against laws. He fought against the 16th Amendment. Um, the 17th Amendment fixed the 16th Amendment. Okay, technically, on paper, and I put air quotes around technically, technically on paper, equality exists, but we all know in reality it doesn't. We are now fighting against 
racism. We are now fighting against police brutality. We are now fighting for more. Okay. We've tried peaceful protests. We've tried to get your attention. It didn't work. We're outraged. We're mad. And so we're here now. This is what it's come to. Do you hear us? Do you hear us? I hope you do. I pray for change. I pray for peace. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Say it. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to all the innocent black men and women who have lost their lives due to injustice, police brutality. We're fighting for you. We're fighting for you. Okay, we're back. After that, I had to I had to pause for a second and recollect myself. Um, but I am back, and I'm hoping to be uh, a bit more upbeat, um, just to you know, just to be able to produce a a good podcast. All right, so. Let's talk about sports, shall we? Uh, all right, so on the sports talk, I want to kick it off with um, the UFC. Well, actually, first, before I kick it off with the UFC, um, I hope the audio sounds better. I hope the audio, because I've listened back to a couple of the episodes, there's a little bit of an echo. Um, I bought a pop filter when I first got the mic. I've been using it, and it seemed like there was still a bit of an echo. I got some foam pieces. Um, to go at the back uh, of the microphone. So hopefully, and in my ears, it sounds better. In my ears, it's like noticeably different. Um, But hopefully in your ears, it hopefully sounds better, not worse. Let me know if it does. So anyway, let's start off with the UFC. Dana White versus John Jones. Number one, uh, before we kind of get into this, the UFC has a great fight coming up pretty soon here. Um, Amanda Nunes is fighting. She's prime time. She's probably the best women's fighter of all time. She's a flipping beast. Um, but, okay, so Dana White versus John Jones. Some of you might not be like, some of you right now may be sitting here and it's like, Dana White's going to fight John Jones. If you think that, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but what is going to happen is Dana White and John Jones are in an argument over a contract dispute. Um, basically what happened is they've been looking for a new, a new opponent for John Jones. John Jones on his Twitter kind of got into it a little bit with Francis Ngakwe, uh, the heavyweight, the heavyweight powerhouse. Okay. I meant to say power hitter, but then powerhouse came to mind. Um, so that's why it kind of came out a little weird, but, um, yeah. So right now, Dana White and John Jones were in contract discussions but then Dana White came out and said, Jones is asking for a ridiculous amount of money. And Jones said, no, th- no, I'm not. Dana White basically said, you're asking for Deontay Wilder money, who is a professional boxer. 
Jones says, I'm not asking for that kind of money. And so they've been in disputes. John Jones is thinking about giving up the light heavyweight championship and sitting out the rest of 2020. Just be, it would be a very interesting move on Jones's part. Um, but so that's kind of the UFC news is Dana White and John Jones are kind of into it. Dana White's basically saying that he's going to work it out with John Jones. That's probably what will happen. We'll see. We'll see them work it out. That's <laughs> that's all we got for the UFC. We're going to zoom through this. No. Um, the NBA. We got big news, everybody. We have huge news. The NBA is scheduled and is hoping to make its comeback on July 31st. Okay. All the teams will be in Orlando. They'll be at Walt Disney World. Okay. Um, now, I discussed last week on the podcast that J.J. Reddick, on his podcast, produced by the Ringer Podcast Network, he came out and said that the way they were doing it was they were going to have teams that are six games back from the eight seed. And so um, any teams six games back from the eight seed will play each other. Um now, this is kind of embarrassing. Uh, and then teams, I believe it's teams one through six, which is kind of scrimmage against each other, and they'll just be locked. And then teams seven through 13, or in the West case, seven through 13, um, they will play against each other in meaningful games that count towards their record. Now, as I said a little bit ago, that. <laughs> 13 teams from the West will be going to Orlando and only nine teams from the East are going from, uh, yeah, are going to Orlando. Now you might be sitting here and you're like, why? Well, cause the lower half of the East is horrible <laughs> and the only team that can get the eight spot is the Washington wizards who are the ninth seed. So seeds 10 through 10 through 15 get to sit at home and hang out for the rest of the season. So the, so if you're a fan, if you're a Knicks fan, um, sorry, the draft's coming up. That's kind of all you got. Um, but yeah, and then the finals would take place in October. Now, one thing, too, that the... People have been worrying about for the NBA. I think we discussed it too last week. Um, you know, they're like, they won't be able to start on time and whatever. I think them starting in December will start a new trend for them and will change their season around and will help their ratings. We discussed it last week with the timing between the NFL and the timing, you know, not competing so much with the NFL. And, you know, then you're in, you're going on in the middle of summer when there's legitimately nothing besides like baseball and hockey. So I think it's, this might actually benefit the NFL in the long run if they continue to kind of have the finals in October and have, you know, their season kind of start in December. I think it'd be a good move. All right. So that's all for the NBA. But... This week, we are talking about, we're going back to how we went through the divisions, um, going, you know, from the North, AFC North. We've already talked about the AFC North. 
we are now talking about the NFC North right now. We're going through, we're looking at their previous season, we're looking at their offseason, and then we're trying to predict what will happen in the future. All right? So it's, it's past, present, and future. That's kind of what we're doing here. I thought it'd be good just to kind of go over and, you know, every team. It's been a long quarantine. Maybe you forgot a couple things. Um, so we're on to the NFC North review. Starting with the team who placed first in the division, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Green Bay Packers went 13-3 and under new head coach, um, a head coach I think younger than Aaron Rodgers, who everybody said Aaron Rodgers is bullying. <laughs> Those were funny. Um, they went to the NFC Championship game, got their butts whooped against the San Francisco 49ers. They gave up a bunch of rushing yards after contact. Their, their front seven in the defense could not do anything. Uh, flipping Jimmy... Garoppolo just had to hand the ball off that game. That's it. Um, basically, their key losses was Jimmy Graham, which you can take that as you like. <laughs> um, and their key addition was Christian Kirksey, a linebacker from uh, the, the Browns. Uh, so, now, their draft is kind of the... The main point. I kind of skipped through their offseason because literally I I went through every team in this division did not have a good offseason. Like they didn't have any big signings. Um, it, and here's the thing. If you're, a, if you're a diehard Packers fan and you're trying to tell me the signing of one of these no-name guys is going to mean a lot for your team, tell me why. <laughs> now, listen, I, I understand that the, a lot of people... You know, a lot of unnamed players are, you know, underrated players and everything get swept under the rug. But it's like if I'm if you're signing a guy for really cheap, it usually won't mean much. Granted, in the middle of the season, I could be looking back and I could be looking at a a linebacker that they signed for not a lot of money who just happens to be really good. I could be looking at one of their seventh round picks that I trashed last week. Um you know, and be congratulating that seventh round pick and being like, he really stepped up. Um, but all of these teams didn't have good signings. Okay, granted, they might help, you know, they might help little things here and there, but it's it's nothing huge. So that's the thing. This NFC North review is going to go a lot faster than the AFC North review. But main thing I want to talk about with the Packers is their draft. They had... Again, they didn't have a, a big offseason, and they did not have a big draft. I mean, they, according to the NFL Network, who ranked all the draft, um, every team's draft, they had the 32, 32th, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Um, they had the 32nd best draft. I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, so they had the worst draft in the league. There's 32 teams. Their first round pick, the infamous Jordan Love from Utah State. <sighs> yeah, how's that going to help in year one? <laughs> That's the thing, is if you're knocking at the door of a Super Bowl, and then you draft a backup quarterback with your first overall pick, when there's a lot better talent, especially in receiver where you struggled, or even in defense where you struggled. 
when that's sitting on the board and you're like, let's plan for the future. Huh? I don't get that. So bad first round pick. Second round pick. I talked about this a little bit last week too. Um, AJ Dillon from Boston College. The two greatest things probably about the Packers are their quarterback and their running back. And those were their first two picks, a quarterback and a running back. Good job. Their third round pick, um, Cincinnati tight end. Good tight end. Hopefully he gets to see the field. I think he will with um, the absence of Jimmy Graham, uh, the aging Mercedes Lewis who just will not retire. <laughs> um, uh, so I think he'll see the field. I actually think he will be an impact player. I think he will be really good. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. If he doesn't, I'm sorry. Um, didn't have a fourth-round pick. Their fifth-round pick was a linebacker from Minnesota. Sixth-round pick, drafted an offensive guard from Michigan. Uh, took a center from Oregon and an offensive guard from Indiana. And then in the seventh round, they picked a defensive back from TCU, an edge rusher from Miami. Um, yeah, not a good draft. So it kind of looks like the Packers are just like, let's run it back, which running it back never really works. I mean, if you've seen it, running it back, like I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a team that hasn't at least changed like something that hasn't changed. Maybe it's an offensive coordinator. Okay, maybe it's uh, the left the left tackle. Okay, maybe it's a third wide receiver. Maybe it's a better punt returner. Maybe it's a better kicker. Okay, but I've never seen a team that says let's run it back and then they ran it back. Like, of course the Packers are going to be good because of Aaron Rodgers. Although he did have an off season last season. Granted, brand new system for the first time in a long time. Um. He wasn't like the Aaron Rodgers where I'm going to throw 500 yards and five touchdowns and I'm going to throw a Hail Mary to win this thing, Rodgers. But he was like, I kind of don't have to do that, but I can turn on that mode. So be scared. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the Packers. I mean, not too much to talk about besides their, their poor draft. <laughs> uh, not good. All right, so next we're going to talk about the Bears. The Bears. The Bears went 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, This is mostly due to their offense. Everybody knows Mitchell Trubisky, um, who was drafted before Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he had a huge drop-off. A huge drop-off after having a slightly impressive season the year before. Um, now, granted, you know, their offense was poor. They had the 25th best offense in the league. Not good. Um, you know, they, and they had they had an okay draft. They didn't have a first round pick. Um, their first pick was in. They didn't. They didn't. To be honest, they did not have a lot of picks. Um, this NFL Network they ranked them at 27. They had the 27th best draft. They had a second round pick where they picked a tight end. And a cornerback. Um, then they picked an edge rusher um, from Tulsa. They picked a cornerback from Georgia Southern in the fifth round. So they had a second round. They picked two people in the second round. 
They had no third round, no fourth round, and then fifth round, and then seventh round. So they kind of missed out on a lot of rounds. Don't know how they lost all these picks. Don't know how that happened. Don't know who took the picks from the Bears, but whoever did, you robbed a lot of people, and you should have your day in court because that was just sad. <laughs> you you robbed somebody, and you should feel bad. <laughs> As a joke. Um, but it, it's, you know, they didn't have a good draft. Their key losses weren't... Tukey, I mean, Prince of Mukamara and Trey Burton, who Trey Burton is most mostly known for throwing the pass to Nick Foles in the Philly special. Uh, and then their key pickup, which is actually kind of a big pickup, is Nick Foles. Nick Foles is their key pickup. Now, Nick Foles is now going to compete against Mitchell Trubisky for the starting quarterback job. Um, so maybe it'll give Trubisky a little edge and... You know, and then Nick Foles has an edge too. So that's the thing is it kind of all goes through the quarterback. It all goes through the quarterback. And if your quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky, you're going to have some issues. That's that's the Bears. That's the Bears. Yeah. I mean, you got Khalil Mack still. Be happy about that. <laughs> um, all right. So third. Third. Well, actually, yeah, we're talking about them third. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, all right. Thirdly, the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. They went 10-6 and six last season. They beat the Saints on a controversial call, a push-off by Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> um, second round exit to the 49ers. Um they had, a, they had actually like a poor start to the season. People were like, Kirk Cousins sucks. Stephon Diggs called out Kirk Cousins. He was like, we got to throw the ball down the field. Kirk Cousins is like, I'm trying. I just keep getting called to run the ball. And then Mike Zimmer's like, we got to throw the ball down the field. Kirk Cousins is like, I don't call the flipping plays, Mike. And then they got better. They started winning. And, you know, Cousins got better. And they went on to upset the Saints, who a lot of people thought the Saints were the best team in the NFC. Obviously, we didn't get that to see that, but uh, they went on to have a, an impressive season. Now, their key losses in the um, in the offseason were Stephon Diggs, who they traded to the Bills for a first-round pick, um, and they lost Xavier Rhodes. Big-time cornerback, who kind of fell off, but, um, I mean, not too big of losses there. It's just, Stephon Diggs, it's a big loss, but, you know, he is a big-named receiver, but he was he was harming the team, granted, in what he was saying, in what he was saying to, you know, about Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins... I guess like each other more, so they got him out of there. He was unhappy. It's a, it's a win-win. And plus, I mean, they had a killer draft. That is the best pickup of their offseason. Is they had a, they had a monster draft. Okay, um, the NFL Network ranks them third, the third best draft. 
two first-round picks. Um, their first first-round pick was a wide receiver from LSU. Their second first-round pick, a cornerback from TCU. Second-round pick was Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle from Boise State. Go fight. Go Big Blue. Go fight BSU. Then they picked a cornerback from Mississippi State, an edge rusher from South Carolina, uh, an edge rusher from Baylor, a linebacker from Oregon, and Troy Dye. Troy Dye, I have, I have a friend who went to school, played high school football with Troy Dye. Troy Dye grew up uh, close to where I grew up, actually. So that's a, uh, he won a lot of Pac, Pac-12 awards. He's a, a pretty good football player from what I hear and from what I've seen, too. Um, I've read, I read his scouting report and man, they torn this guy apart because of his skinny legs. That's what they tore him apart for. It's kind of sad. Um, they just had a lot of picks because like you're reading this is like round five. They had two picks where they got a cornerback and a wide receiver round six. They got an offensive guard and then they got a, um, a safety and then round seven, they had an edge rusher. They had a, they had a quarterback, they had a safety and they have an offensive guard and they landed on a lot of these picks. And that's all you can ask for, is landing on these picks. So they had a killer draft, and hopefully they can go into next season, throw the ball down the field more. They have a killer rushing attack. Um, They have an absolutely killer rushing attack with, um, oh my gosh, his name just escaped me. Oh, no. No, Dalvin Cook. Killer rushing attack with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, former Boise State Bronco. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's that's the Vikings. All right. And lastly, we have the Lions. The Lions. Who went 3-12-1. But here's the thing about the Lions is... Most of their games came down to one to two score games. Okay. They were losing these one to two score games. There was only one game I saw in there that was really a three score game. And they lost Stafford due to a broken back. Stafford played with a broken back. He's like, don't worry, guys. I'll keep going. And the team's like, bro, you're going to die. They were on a third round quarterback for a good portion of the season. And here's the thing they had a solid draft. NFL Network ranks them eighth. Um, cornerback from Ohio State, a running back uh, from Georgia, an edge rusher from Notre Dame, an offensive guard from Ohio State, an offensive guard from Kentucky, a wide receiver from Wisconsin, a running back from New Mexico State, a defensive tackle from Utah, and a defensive tackle from Ohio State. So they had a solid draft, and now they're going into the season with a healthy Matt Stafford, with some with some rushing attacks. The, the their wide receivers are, are are what Stafford can make of them, truly. The only thing is coaching. Matt Patricia, this is his last year to do something great. If Matt Patricia does not succeed this year, he will be fired. And if he is not, that's that's bad. That's bad. Um but besides that, I mean their their key losses were Darius Slay. Huge loss. But he hated Matt Patricia. Um, and their key additions were Jamie Collins and Desmond Trufant. So they kind of have veteran presence in the backfield to help um, their first-round pick, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. 
Uh, so yeah, you have that. I've been saying uh, a lot this episode. I fixed that from the first episode, and I've been saying it a lot this episode. Grinch, I am a little, my mind's still a little boggled from the opening, but I'm pushing through. Uh, this is actually, this is very therapeutic. Getting a, being able to talk about sports again. Um, but it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. But anyway, so those were their key additions. Again, no fancy signings in this division. There wasn't a big name signing or even a lot of like mediocre name signings. They kind of just all were like, we either can't get anybody or we're going to get everything that we can. Uh, but besides the Vikings and the, or sorry, besides the Packers and the Bears, they had a they had a good draft. The, the Vikings and the Lions had good drafts. The Bears and the Packers didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, if Matt Patricia can take a step up and be a better coach, this team can be a lot better. So my predictions for the division, I have the Packers winning the division just because Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to bet against him. Kirk Cousins, I have the Vikings in second place in the division, the Lions in third, and I have the Bears in fourth. I don't think the Bears will be too good unless Nick Foles can take a step up or Trubisky can take a step up and Matt Nagy, their head coach, can take a step up. If they can, I can see them being third. I can see them maybe being even better, but until that happens, until that offense does better, I'm not, I'm not gonna put them any better than fourth and you know people people are very out on Trubisky people have said Trubisky was always bad only thing about Trubisky that I can give you guys hope for all you Bears fans or are you maybe Trubisky fans is I looked at the 20 I the last year not last year that went eight and eight Bears but the year before that went 10 and six made the playoffs with Khalil Mack in his first year and everything Trubisky that year was actually pretty good. And I compared them to the Rams team from 2017. That Rams team went 10 and 6, similar record. So they went 10 and 6. They both lost their first playoff game. Um and Trubisky and Jared Goff in their second year had nearly identical numbers. And so I thought Trubisky was on the path that Jared Goff was because Jared Goff had a great season in 2018 where they went to the Super Bowl. Didn't have a good playoffs and didn't have a good Super Bowl, but he had a good regular season. He was in the MVP talks, I think, in like week four. Anyway, um, Trubisky was trending upward, but then something happened and he started trending downward this, this past season. We all saw it. So... Their only hope is that this was just an off year and that Trubisky can go back to being at least mediocre or that Nick Foles can go back to being at least mediocre. Now, granted, Nick Foles in the game before he got injured for the Jags, he was looking good. He threw an amazing touchdown pass. But after that, when he came back, granted, he's coming back from a broken clavicle. So that's a little hard to bounce back from. So maybe Nick Foles is the bear savior. But... Maybe he's not. Um, also, a little NFL update. Cam Newton has still not been signed. Why don't the Why don't the Patriots just offer this man a deal? Why? Just Just give it to him. Give him the deal. Just give him a one year contract, please. Get Cam Newton to a team. Well, I, that's all I got for you. 
That's all I got for you today. Um, in this time of, of, of wildness, with a pandemic still upon us, with injustice raising in the streets, just, just remember to love people. Show kindness to people. Today I had to, I had to stop a fight at a gas station. Two men, a homeless guy, and a guy who was driving an electrical truck. I got out of my car and just overseeing the situation. And I see the, the guy in the electrical truck get out of the car and start walking towards this homeless man. And the homeless man puts his fist up as he's ready to fight. I knew that this homeless guy did not want to fight. He just wanted to be left alone. But he had pissed off the guy in the electrical truck. And I, I walked over there. And I just told the guy, I said, I told the guy in the electrical truck, I said, hey, man, it's not worth it. And it caught his attention. He turned around to me. And right when that happened, the homeless guy took off. Took off, out of sight, out of mind. Guy goes on to tell me, oh, he's causing trouble around here, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to let him walk all over me. I just told him, I was like, like, man, it's not worth it, man. It's not worth getting in a fight over. It's not worth it, man. You could lose everything. Now, I don't know why I started telling this story. I really don't. Um, but something popped into my head. A lot of the times when I was younger... You know, people used to say, pick and choose your battles. And I used to pick every battle. I used to want to win every battle, every conversation, every argument. I wanted to I wanted to win it. And I wanted you to know that I won it. And that drove the people didn't like me because of that. And I realized how immature it was. There's battles that are worth fighting. That battle between an electric man and a homeless man was not one worth fighting. But the battle between injustice against injustice and for equality is one worth fighting. If you have a voice Don't stay silent. Speak up. Let your voice be heard. Today, I I wanted my voice to be heard with this podcast, with the opening. I wanted people to know that this has to stop. Police brutality has to stop. Today, I let my voice be heard by telling somebody, listen, man, you don't have to get in a fight with a homeless guy. To prove your point. That's not a battle worth fighting. Just because he was causing a bit of ruckus at a gas station. That's not worth fighting. But you know what is? Is this fight that we're going through right now. Again, against injustice. That's a fight worth fighting. So fight. Stand up. 
All right? Don't fight to meaningless battles against people about if we should be looting and rioting and everything. Fight the battle against people dying who are innocent. Fight that battle. Fight that battle. All right? Hey, stay safe out there. There's still a pandemic going on. (laughs) If you guys didn't know, there's still a pandemic going on. So stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Be safe. Care for one another. Call an old friend. Call them up. Talk to them. See how they're doing. All right? Love yourself. Focus on your mental health. Read a book. Go outside. Sleep in a little bit longer. Read your Bible. All right? Do stuff to love yourself. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and also, one last thing. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to publicize um, that my podcast, I'm talking about the injustices. When I advertise it, it's going to say politics. I'm not going to put out a clip that is just the, you know, my rant at the beginning. I'm not going to put that out. I, I'm not going to put tags anywhere that say, you know, George Floyd, because that's going to draw people to this, and I don't want them to be drawn to this. I don't want to use George Floyd for clicks. All I'm going to label it as is the first thing I talk about politics. That's it. I, I'm, I'm not, I do not want to use this for clicks. I do not want to use this fight for views. So that's just an FYI. All right. Um, but besides that, thank you so much for listening to Why It's Right of Sports Podcast. Uh, go ahead, give us a rating. Whatever you feel, five stars. I love that. Four stars, amazing. Three stars, eh. But if you feel like I deserve a three star, go ahead, give me one. Give me some tips. Give me some, give me some critiques. Whatever you got to give. Hey, recently, four my four percent of my audience is in Ireland. That's awesome. Hello from Ireland. It's I believe it's mainly Dublin, but hello. If you're listening right now, shout out to you guys. All right? Shout out to you guys. If you guys are from, from Ireland, tweet at me. Post a review. Tweet at us at uh, WRSP Network. T- um, post a review under this. All right? That would be, that'd be really cool to come in contact with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right? I love you guys. Be good to yourselves. All right.